on our last episode of Dial M for Magic. The gang narrowly dodges the 5-0 and makes their way to the Night Owl. There they regroup and figure out a game plan. Step one is getting Ernest to safety. Trevor said he knew a place, but that Kitty wouldn't like it very much. They made their way through the dark of night to arrive at the glowing neon lights of Beelzebuts, a club for gentlemen. After entering the club, they made their way into the back and found the magical speakeasy. Will the doctor be able to heal Ernest? And have they been caught by the very officer who has thrown Treble into jail so many times? Tune in to today's adventure to find out. I'm picturing it is like where we're at like half of this room is like the hospital beds and stuff like that like the right half of the room is the hospital beds and then the left half of the room is still a bar and like is that true or is this whole area we are in like a hospital room uh, so it's actually a little bit of both so essentially on the left and right sides of the room there are rows of beds but there's a little bit of space before the beds begin and it's on the right side of that room, kind of tucked away in the corner that the bar area is. Treble would have been standing towards the back of the group. So when he saw um, Grundle's Bane, he's going to look at the bartender and say, you'll know that that's a cop, right? The bartender is going to look back at you and he's like, hey man cop or not if you if you've got the sauce you can just make your way in here and he goes back to polishing a glass translation he's a very dirty cop so we don't mind or that or he just enjoys strip clubs and he's paying and we can't shame him for that uh okay then i will walk up towards grundle's bane being a satyr i'm only a little bit taller than him at being a dwarf but, like, I'm going to use that to my advantage and kind of get really close so that I have to look down at him when I'm talking to him. But I'm going to kind of get really close and say, What are you doing here, Grendel's Bane? It's Grendel's Bane, you fool. And I'm here on, uh, personal business. That makes two of us. Go ahead and roll perception. Ooh, okay, I can do that. Uh, perception is going to be a 14. 14, okay. So it the, it's pretty dimly lit. Uh, I think I mentioned in the last session that the room is lit by these glowing mushrooms uh, that kind of provide this bluish-green light. So it's a little difficult to see, but you notice that Grendel... I almost said it the way you were saying it. <laughs> uh, that Grendel's Bane has a... His sleeves are rolled up. And on his arm, he has a pouch, which has a little bit of cord running into one of his veins. And you can see this kind of glowing purplish-red liquid kind of sloshing around. He kind of gives you an up-and-down glance treble. He's like, well, I'll pretend I didn't see you just this once. But, uh, keep your mouth shut. You saw nothing here. 
And he he kind of goes back behind one of the curtains. I'll respect that, and I'll turn around and just face the group. He's fine. He's nothing. Red has just arrived back at, at the group. He was getting a tall glass of sugar water from the bar. I thought you were going to say he's getting a lap dance. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would have a really hard time just sort of knowing what to do with himself if that were happening. All I imagine Red getting a, a lap dance is being like, so where are you from? How you doing? Um, how'd you get to this line of work? Oh, I really like your outfit. Do you have a favorite bakery? That's pretty much how it would go down. Herman would be like just staring up at the ceiling like, oh, jeez. <laughs> 100%. Is Ernest unconscious? He is still unconscious, yes, but he is stable. Does anybody want to try and wake him up? Is the is the doctor, like, working on him, or is the... Are they just... Did they kind of just put the IV in, and they're just kind of waiting for him to stabilize sort of thing? So the doctor... there's It looks like there's only one doctor in there, so the doctor put the IV in and then went off to a different booth. Um, Red just sips his drink and is having the sudden realization that when this dude wakes up, they're going to have to tell him that his wife is dead and just looks like the most, the most horrified that you can look while casually sipping a drink. Who's going to tell him when he wakes up? I I don't want to do it. Mm. I don't want to do it. Nah, I'm out. Maybe we just tell Ernest that his wife went to go live on a farm somewhere. I mean, when my goldfish died when I was a kid, it, I mean, I, not, my goldfish didn't die. My goldfish went to live on a farm, so it's, it's fine. You think a goldfish lives on a farm? The thing is, I, th- I think he might know his wife is dead already. I, I, I think he was trying to fight off her attacker before he was knocked out. I think maybe we'll just take it as it goes once he wakes up. We shouldn't just assume that we're going to have to tell him, oh, hey, we saved your life and your wife is dead and and none of us can go back to the apartment because this very large, handsome man uh, accidentally killed the person who was attacking you both. You know what would be funny? If it's if we all roll d20s to see who has to tell Ernest that his wife is dead. Okay, well, now we have I to do that. I thought about that. We play rock, paper, scissors, and this is how rock, paper, scissors goes. Lowest roll, and no mo- no modifiers, I don't think. Okay, I got a 12. I got a 19, motherfuckers. 14. Oh, no. I got a 4. Yeah, fuck off, <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Okay, well... I'm gonna have to write some grief counseling into the into the game for Ernest here. I don't think there's ever been a more appropriate time for the poem called Death. Oh, good. I think we should just wait until he wakes up to see what he knows already before we tell him anything. But I'll just be right back. And she just goes to find the bar and she doesn't have any money because she's in her nightgown. But she'll just look at one of them and be like, "I, I, I can I just um." we're going through something do you just can i just have like one just shot of, of, of do you have whiskey or, or something like that I, I i swear i'll come back and pay the the bartender like looks over at Ernest and then looks back at you and he's and he like he's like uh he like raises a hand like uh, okay and he like turns around and you can see him grabbing something off the shelf and he just hands you half a bottle 
uh, We've been trying to get rid of this for weeks, so I, I, I don't... Frankly, I can't recommend it, but uh contains this new invention called marshmallows. Oh my god. Uh, I think it's marshmallow whiskey. And he just hands it to you. Thank you. Um, and then Kitty will just uh, take it and she will plug her nose and just take a big swig and then take it back to the... I, I think we need to make a plan for when Ernest wakes up. Um, we need to get... One, we have to get back to the apartment. We've talked about this already. We have to... We we also can't act su- suspicious. We're already kind of suspicious, and so just the group of us all four together. Um, so we need to figure out how to not act suspicious going back. Uh, we need to talk to Ernest and figure out what he knows, um, and if he knows any of these people that I found in this notebook, um, and why they might be after him. Uh, we probably should ask him about the items that that we're both hiding. Um, both the I have a, a box, and Herman, you said you had a book he gave you. Yeah, he gave me this purple book. I don't know what's in it. I didn't read it. It's and, back and in the I, apartment. And I have a red box that he asked me to hide. Um, so, so I think we need to know why and what they're hiding them for. I, I think this has something to, to do with the floating cities and why they were trying to recruit him. And and we also, it has something to do with the, the, the Prohibition cops, the, the Abbey. The, they, there's something going on with that. Um, but I think we need to just come up with a, a good, smart plan to deal with all of this once he does wake up and once morning comes because we can't just I mean I cannot just keep running around this town in my my nightgown I, I, I and I, I probably should go to work tomorrow because the more suspicious we act the more suspicious we're going to look <laughs> I don't know that you should go back to work tomorrow if we're all wanted maybe it's best that we all lay low for a while do y'all think it would be suspicious if I went back to the apartment in my boxers. Well, I, I, I think we should probably try to maybe go in the back door, maybe not walk through the front entry. Herman, you, you, you work as the maintenance, correct, for the building? Yeah, that's true. I can get us in through the back. Yeah, so, Herman, we could go through the alley um, instead of walking through the front door, and then maybe I'll just... We're not going to take Ernest back, That that is for sure. Uh, but I think if we maybe make our way back... Uh, Mr. Terrible, I, I, I understand what you think laying low is, because do you actually have a job where people like expect you to be there every morning and rely on you and, and wonder where you are if you're not there? What is morning? So I do, um, and I to have people that get very upset if I don't bring them their coffee. And I think it would bring more suspicion on to ourselves if I'm just all of a sudden not there. That's fair, but uh, I will let you know that the man who saw all your faces is now laying dead on the street. The man who attacked me, uh, well, they both got put to sleep and they saw my face really good, so I can't go back. What if we give... Trevor in disguise. Max, it's super southern now. <laughs> well, why don't you all grab my sword? What accent am I doing? God damn I'm it, Nate. I'm two wild and crazy guys. I grab my sword. <laughs> so here at the podcast, we we seem to be having some uh, linguistic difficulty. And uh, 
I just wanted to mention that many people doing podcasts all over suffer from this every day. And it's very preventable. In the arms That's all. of the angels. <laughs> you could donate now to help us figure out what the fuck our character voices are. For ten cents, you could help this man. Just holds up a picture of me. Find an you accent. Sponsor thing. this podcast to make them have consistent accents. For only ten cents a day. For twenty cents, you can ensure that they never sound like Borat again. Okay, so I can't go back because they know my face, but if you grab my stuff, I'll stay here with Ernest. I I I got an idea, but um, I I have to make a confession. I do have some magical abilities. Oh, me too. What can you do? You know, I kind of guessed that when you when you the wings came out. Um. Oh, that that ain't magic. That that's just genetics. Yeah, but genetically, people don't just have magic wings that pop out in and out just randomly. Shifters got them, but there's just not a lot of us outside the forest. Being a shifter is is magically inherent just in general, um, which is oh. also not really a thing here. Huh. So it it sounds like you're just inherently magical, which is slightly bad for living where we are right now. Um since, you know, all the magical hatred and things like that because of all of the dead people. Uh, all right, all right. Now, listen, if we get back to the building and I can see my window, I could appear back in my room. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing that's something magical you can do, and that's probably something we can do if we sneak in through the back you know i i don't inherently have anything magical about me so uh it just but i i think we should just just get back um and try to pretend like for the moment that nothing is wrong um besides terrible here he can just uh figure out exactly what's going on with Ernest, or stay here with Ernest while we go about our day and then I think we should probably all meet up again in in the evening um once things kind of died down we should also just find out what's going on at the apartment if they've locked it down if if, if, if there's still access t- to places if, if if people like I don't want them to be attacking anyone also at the apartment just because we were all there and or or Ernest was there you know what I mean right who's gonna stay with Ernest terrible all right sure i'll take good care of him uh, uh, i promise okay i give you finger guns is there any way for you to get us a message in, in case he wake if he doesn't wake up before we leave to let us know that that he is awake because i i i i, I think we should all be here to talk to him when he does wake up would i know henry if there is a phone system here there is a phone upstairs uh you would have passed it when you came in because it's kind of by like the front desk area would there be a phone in the apartment complex that we live in or are we in there's one outside and i guess i'll leave it up to the discretion of your characters if you think you have the means to have one inside your apartment because that is also reasonable at this time i think kitty would at least 
That's what uh, I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, I think yeah. you would. Kitty would have one. I will give you a call. Go, go. I'll take care of Ernest. Okay, are, are we all ready? Herman, red? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just, we just act nice and normal and calm and we should be okay. We're, we're just some normal people walking around in our underwear. Well, I, yep. I believe if, if we stick to the shadows, we'll be fine. Let me give you something that will help. Time stops as we watch the green, whether it be in nature so pristine. The joint in my left hand is seen on land, or in the beauty of a red-haired lass with eyes like emeralds over me pass. It reminds me of home, of family and friends. It's the color of beauty to the bitter end. I, with that, cast Bardic Inspiration on all three of you. So you gain a 1d6 to any ability check, attack roll, or saving throw once for 10 minutes. Red has tears in his eyes because that poem was beautiful. Kitty goes, oh, oh, okay, so... Uh, should I lead Herman? You lead the way. I lead the way. Uh, let's just go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first since I I have the most clothes on. Okay, so we we head back to the apartment, but like away from the apartment. Like we're gonna scope it out from like around the area. We're gonna do stealth it stealthily. Back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to roll stealth? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and roll stealth. Okay. Why are we Come asking on, to do something that's gonna hurt us? Yeah, nine plus one. Oh my god. Oh my god. I got a 21. I got a natural one. But it's Uh-oh. a 7. Oh my, the only stealthy one. I got a 21. I I'm not a rogue. I'm a rogue and I rolled a 1. Kitty's just screaming while walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Banging pots and pans together. God, there's so much to unpack there. The gang left Beelzebuts with the sound of Treble's words ringing in their ears. But much like a terrible fencer, they would have to stay on guard. A million thoughts rebounded through their heads concerning the evening's events. Tendrils of consciousness grasping at neurons with fevered strength. But much like Richard Linklater's boyhood, it would take a long time to get to the bottom of it. The city streets were dark and mostly deserted. Every now and again, a gaggle of inebriated partygoers could be seen cavorting through the streets. Kitty, however, had taken an irregular approach to stealth, striding beneath streetlights with reckless abandon, and avoiding the shadows which would cloak her. Okay, so as far as the critical failure goes, uh, I think that in part just because of the stress of the of the day and you know all that's going on you just kind of forget to be stealthy so as you're walking you're occasionally walking like directly underneath street lights and you don't really make much of an effort to hide yourself when cars go by i just picture kitty doing that stealth thing that ace ventura does when he's sneaking around (laughs) just sticking to walls hiding behind things that are too small (laughs) You're doing the thing that Kronk does. Kronk yeah. from it first. Kronk's even better. 100%. Just like, he's doing his own theme music? <laughs> yeah, Herman, kind of the same story for you. I think that you just have 
maybe it's just you don't have good eyesight at night, or maybe maybe it just kills your depth perception. But you are hiding behind things that don't really hide you, like hiding behind like a telephone pole, for example, or it definitely is on brand with her. A parking meter. Yeah. Okay. So does anybody see us or say anything to us? So there are there. I mean, there aren't too many people out at, at two or three in the morning. Uh, you do pass on your way out of the club. You pass some uh, patrons who are clearly a little bit intoxicated. You do also pass kind of like on the opposite side of the street. You see a couple of roving constables who like take notice of you, but just kind of they don't really pay a ton of attention. You arrive like on the same block as your apartment, so probably a hundred or so feet away. Go ahead and you three roll perception. We're using a different dice. Natural one, baby. <laughs> Fourteen. Fourteen, <got> okay. <laughs> ah, I see I see we're gonna rotate the uh, bad and good rolls depending on what we're, what we're going tired. for. Here, We've been so. up all night. We've saw death in front of us. <laughs> Red is stealthy right now, but not very perceptive. Uh, Herman, you are just making a... You're just looking directly at the, at the door. You're not really paying attention to the surroundings. Red, kind of the same story for you. Kitty, you notice that there is what looks like a plain, co- plain clothes, excuse me, police car kind of parked across the street from the apartment. I guess just because you have better vision or you're just more alert, you also notice that there are a couple of people in trench coats and trilbies in the shadows, uh, one across and one right by in the shadows by the front steps. So we we definitely want to check the back. Uh, we can't go in through the front. Um, Herman, you said that the, is there like a maintenance entrance or something like that? Yeah, I've got a key to the maintenance entrance. I can let us in through the back. Um, but but let's check to make sure that there's n- nobody watching there either. So you've got essentially, an, it's like a basement entrance. So there's a flight of steps going down and then a door. It's worth mentioning also that this entrance is pretty close to the fire escape that you guys used to escape in the first place. They're separated by probably about 30 feet. Uh, and then go ahead and roll perception. Uh, 13 plus 1. 14. Another 14. I also got 14 this time. So everybody got 14. Wow. Um, okay, so kind of the same story. You do see out in front, um, and actually this is quite close to you, so probably about 20 feet away. You're kind of peering around the corner. You do see another shadowy figure in a trench coat kind of pacing back and forth by the rear entrance and you can see that periodically he reaches into his pocket and pulls out what looks like a little box with a little metal rod sticking out of it and holds it to his mouth and you can hear him speaking but you can't hear what specifically is being said so he might be um communicating with the people up front uh do we have a way to maybe distract? Since there's only one here, it would be easier to distract this one than distract all the ones in the front. Red, you said you had magic. Um, now might yeah. be a great time to use it. Okay, uh, let me think. What's the most distracting thing to uh, police? Let's see. 
I do have silent image, which is I can create the image of an object or a creature or a visible phenomenon. Uh, so I could do that to distract him. What do y'all think would be the most distracting? I, yeah, maybe something bright, uh, maybe like something that looks like flashing magic or something uh, on the opposite end of where we're going. She do something he's never seen before, like a squirrel playing a tambourine or something. I bet that'd be distracting. I would look. It 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 uh, it, it, it it's it's silent. Um, so that that would be the worst tambourine in the world. That makes it even weirder. He's gonna be like, "Why isn't that tambourine making any noise?" All right. Uh, I I got something. Um, so the the area of this is sixty feet. So I'm going to create about 60 feet away from, like, the entrance where we're going, uh, a 15-foot, um, like, thing of, of, it looks like flames. Like, it looks like something caught fire over there. It's the burning bush from Exodus. <laughs> so this is a, a purely visual phenomenon it doesn't have like sound or smell or like you you can't touch it if you go to it but i figure that will be distracting it will be very bright and look dangerous so i i i do that on some kind of i don't know garbage can or something 60 feet away this can last up to 10 minutes the individual who is kind of pacing back and forth, uh, takes notice of this, because it's probably the most interesting thing he's seen in the last few hours, and starts walking over. And you can see that he raises this box with the, wire, with the metal rod to his mouth again. You can make out uh, the phrase, uh, Delvin, Overwatch. Can you uh, check out the fire right in front of me? Over. So he's asking somebody else to check it out. He's not going towards it? No, he is going okay. towards it. He's directing that at someone else as so well. So then can we try to sneak behind him once he gets like 20, yes. 30 feet away? Yes, you can. So he's moved about 30 feet towards it at this point. So if you wanted to sneak towards it, you would be outside his peripheral vision. Good job, Brad. It looks like it worked. Let's hurry and go. Go, 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 go. Right, go let's go. go, go, go. So you make it down the staircase. In front of you is the maintenance door. There's like a box of old milk bottles next to it, a broom, some tools, like a toolbox, and that's what you see. Okay, so we made it inside. We did it. Let's uh, let's go upstairs. Let's see if we can peek peek through the door and see if anybody's inside. Well, well we're downstairs right now. Doesn't isn't this where Terrible lives down here somewhere? Well, that's true. We should go to Terrible's place first. Should we split up, or are we going together? I, I, I think we all go together to his place, and then we split up once we start heading upstairs. Oh, okay. Actually, let's do this. I'll go to his place, because I'm a maintenance guy, so it won't be that weird if I go into somebody else's apartment. Then if we split up, it'll look more natural, because three people walking into three different rooms might get kind of weird. I can just take my, the tools right here, and I just carry the tools with me, and then people will think I'm just doing a normal maintenance check this sounds good so i guess we do split split up and and head towards our respective places yeah we're going for the stairs 
Okay. Um, are you trying to be stealthy or are you just nope, proceeding normally? <laughs> I am anyway. Herman's going to try and act natural, which I guess is technically still stealthy. I'm trying to act natural, but also not be like loud or noticeable. So I would say that's stealth. Herman mutters to himself, I walk like normal people walk. I walk like normal people walk. <laughs> <laughs> so which of you is going to Trouble's apartment again? Sorry. Herman's gone. You know where that is. It's like about 20 feet from the maintenance entrance that you just used. Mm. So we're in an open space right now? Or are we in like a separate room from like the main lobby? So you're below the main lobby. Uh, kind of like a basement area because that's where he lives. And there's like... You know how in the basement of apartment buildings, there's always, like, the laundry room or the, the separate storage area for people to put things in? This is kind of like that, except that it has a couple of rooms down in the basement, and Troubles is one of those. So you've got his room, like, 20 feet in front of you on your right, and then there's a staircase that goes up to the main lobby and the main entrance. So I'm going to try and super casually sneak over to, to Troubles' room. The door is locked. That's going to make it tricky. I would like to point out that Treble doesn't have a door. Treble doesn't have a door? No, it's just a curtain. Because he's living, <laughs> he's like living in the corner of a, cl of a of a basement that he just put a curtain up. That It's not even a, a real apartment. It's just like living in someone's closet. Anyway, so I, I get into uh, Treble's room and now what's, what's going on? What's Treble's room look like? Is it normal? Well, it's an artist's room, so it's a bit messy. I, I think that that would be charitable to say. There are pi different strata of clothes, so there's some that are, that are deeply compacted into the ground that have become part of the floor, and then there are, like, the, the newer clothes, so newer fossils, essentially, that are, like, toward the top that are less compacted. Um, there's remnants of food in there, pr presumably, there are some, like, musical instruments that maybe Treble doesn't play, but has tried to play in the past. You've also got, like, kind of a long, probably three to three and a half foot box. I'm a, I don't know, do you, is Treble the sort of person that would keep their sword, like, in a container, or is it just kind of, like, lying? It's just resting, kind of, like, uh, against the, where the headboard would be, kind of, just, like, resting up against the bed just kind of it's not in a sheath or anything it's just out it's he doesn't take great care of it but it's just his sword um so it's just kind of laying there in case he needs to grab it in the middle of the night for some reason like tonight would have been helpful but okay so so as herman walks in he's like wow this place is a little messy i, I guess this must be why he doesn't ask me to come and do maintenance very often often also man there's an awful lot of justin bieber posters on the wall he must really be to that guy <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bieber is a is an anthropomorphic beaver. He sings a lot of jazz songs. Yep, it's a jazz shifter beaver. So yeah, no, I, I go over to the bed and I grab the sword and I, I head out of the room. Uh, actually, is there is there a bag or anything in the room where I can like put the sword in? I feel like walking around carrying a sword would look kind of conspicuous. There, I mean, I'm assuming Treble would have like some sort of knapsack of, of sorts. I don't want to speak for you, but you could probably... It, I mean, it would probably still stick out a little bit, or but what it would about be like an instrument case? Like a, a big instrument case? Yeah, there's like a guitar case, kind of. Or... Oh, there you go. 
it's not very like it's broken like the hinges are broken so you have to like hold it closed and it's very tattered and worn but you could put it in there okay yeah i'll put it in there and i'll just carry the case awkward broken case the other members of the party so red and kitty what about you guys so you're making your way up the stairs stealthily i guess um so in making your way to the top of the stairs so from the basement to the main lobby area you do not immediately see anybody inside that's that's good okay that's good the problem is we all uh, live on the same floor if i remember correctly as Ernest. yeah so I believe that might be where people end up being. Try to sneaky sneak our way up there as much as possible. I will allow you if you want to roll stealth again. Oh, please. <laughs> I don't remember what my last yeah, I think I figured was. you'd want to, but... I, I think my last stealth was good. <laughs> Can I use that? Your stealth was good, um, but Natural it is 20. a different kind of stealth now, so... <laughs> oh, hey, 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 I got a 21 again. So I got a 26 altogether. So you seem to have shaken off your earlier disorientation with everything, and you're like, you're back into stealthy cat mode. So you know, like, which of the stairs are creaky and which ones aren't, so you kind of avoid those and just pad up the stairs. Uh, As you round the corner, so for the staircase heading up to the floor that you live on, once again, you you don't see, well, roll, roll perception. Both of us are kitty. Both of you. Add my inspiration to this because I want help. Ten. Okay. Fourteen again. Okay, so not great, but not terrible either. No critical fails. I I think, you know, got to highlight that. Um, As near as you can tell, there are no individuals in the hallway. But from your vantage point, you can see that the door to Ernest and Mabel's apartment is open. How far away is my apartment door from where I am currently hidden around the corner? About 30 feet. Perfect. I'm going to misty step into my apartment. Okay. Which I, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to teleport myself quickly from my hidden place to inside my apartment. Fuck. Magic that okay, that that's really cool. Um anyway, um, fuck. Okay. Okay, I, I've got this, and she'll just take a big deep breath and kind of hold it, and then she's gonna try to, like, she'll, she'll, like, look in as she walks, like, just kind of, like, you know that, like, casual look by, like, looking like you're casually looking as you walk by, but, like, trying to take in as much information as you can with the fastest glance as you can, and then just kind of keep going. <laughs> she's not gonna stop. But she's going to, like, search as much as she can with her eyes before she keeps going. As you do that, you see the following. There appears to be some sort of notice that has been tacked to the front of Ernest and Mabel's door. Uh, You also notice that Mabel's body does not appear to be there. Okay. Uh, She would also try to... Because they're, like, these small apartments, right? Where you can, like, see the back window from the door kind of thing. She'll just, like, part of that search is just to look to see if she, if they have gotten rid of the glass. Because she remembered that there was a hole in the glass. Just to see if, like, she can still notice that hole. It is still there, yeah. As long as nobody's following her and she doesn't notice anybody on the floor, she's going to go to her room um, 
lock it behind her with like the regular deadbolt, one of those slidey locks, and then she's also one of those people that has like those special extra locks you can put in because she's a woman who lives alone. So she has to make sure she's safe. Or you like put it in the door and like somebody can't, even if they pull open the chain and everything and break the chain, it still like stops it from getting open. She's gonna like triple lock it. And then once she's like sure of that, she's gonna pull the curtains. Cause like, she's like one of those people that leaves like the curtains open a little bit when she's sleeping for like fresh air. Close the window, lock the window, pull the curtains, and she's gonna pull that box out. Cause fuck, she did not have time to look at it. She wants to know what this box is, goddammit. Okay, so to briefly describe the box again, it's like a red lacquered box, so smooth, smooth all the way around. It's about probably seven inches by five inches by five inches. So kind of an oblong box with a little a little brass latch on it. Um, I'm assuming you open the latch. Yep. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Inside, it is an ornate green old-timey telephone and kind of like a bone-white handle. Interesting thing about this telephone, though, it doesn't appear to have any wire connections. The bottom of it is just a solid piece of metal, and the only wire is what's connecting the the receiver to the main the main portion, the cradle. Uh, she will pick it up and put it to her ear. You don't hear anything. I uh, hello. I got this from Ernst and Mabel. They're in trouble. Can anyone hear me? You do not hear a response. Well, now I feel stupid, and she will phone back down she will shock it does it does the latch have like a little like lock thing on it like a kind of like a diary thing would have uh kind of it's like a little thing where it clicks when it locks um and you would undo it just by pushing two pieces of metal together so i forgot to mention two other things about this telephone the first thing uh you notice that it's one of those phones which has like the rotary dial so you'd have to like put your finger or claw in and tw- and like shift your hand and then do that to to dial a number if that makes sense as far as that's concerned it doesn't appear to have any actual numbers on it they all appear to be either letters or some symbol that you are not familiar with it's not it, it's not in common elvish gnomish halfling not no or thieves can't it's not in thieves can't <laughs> it is not it is not in thieves can't <laughs> I'm just joking so there is one other feature about the telephone that i wanted to describe uh on the side there is like a another a brass fixture that looks like it would fit some sort of gem or crystal and there doesn't appear to be anything in it i need herman to go back to his house and discover what's in the book i'm a listener right now and i need to know yeah i was gonna say should i do that before you go back to your place dan or you're already at your place i'm at my place you didn't need to go back and get anything but clothes right you just went back for clothes yeah i'm i'm just putting pants on Okay, so yeah, yeah, I'll go up to my apartment now. Herman, are you going up stealthily, or are you really banking on just being a handyman and not not trying to be stealthy? Yeah, no, he's not going to be. Question. He's not going to like sneak around. He's just going to try and act all nonchalant. So I feel like I'd have to do like a deception roll or something, right? If there's anybody in the hallway to convince them. 
That is correct. Um, so when you come up, you actually see somebody by the door, by the main entrance. I guess you didn't roll good enough perception to see it, but it would have been one of the people who was waiting outside originally, or waiting outside the front door, if that makes sense. And you can see that they also have one of those boxes with the metal rod. And uh, you hear Overwatch say again, did you say three plus mobiles entered the apartment? Over. And then this person turns and looks at you. And it's like, ah, excuse me, sir. Can I uh, ask you some questions? Um, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's going on? Ah, excellent. An upstanding citizen. And the uh, person comes over to you and pulls out a little leather-bound notebook and opens it up. And it's like, uh, first of all, could I get uh, could I get your name? Do you live in this uh, this apartment building? Uh, yeah. Yeah, my name's Herman Cranberry. I'm the, the maintenance guy here. I live here as well. Oh, oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, did you hear any sounds of uh, a break-in or a struggle earlier today? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I've just got my guitar here because I've been taking night lessons to, to learn guitar. Oh, oh, uh, roll deception. 14 plus 1. Wow, okay. You you have that inspiration, too. I don't think you've used that yet. I was going to say, if I to. fail, I can roll my bardic inspiration. <laughs> I was like, 15 seems good. Fifty, yeah, fifteen's fine. Guys, like, oh well, I, uh, I guess, um, more, more power, more power to you. Thanks. I'm working on Freebird. Are you familiar with or uh, otherwise associated with the couple in Unit Two Zero One? And you would know that Unit Two Zero One is the unit that uh, Ernest and Mabel occupy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about them. Uh... I mean, I've met him before because I, I do maintenance, so I fixed their water heater the other day, but that's that's about all I know about them. They're very nice people, though. Hmm. As soon as you say they're very nice people, he kind of just gives this hmm and jots something down. I see, I see. And uh, and he's kind of taking, he's kind of looking at you, like, because you don't have a shirt on, right? It's like, do you normally practice your guitar without a shirt? At uh, And he looks at his watch. 3.30 in the morning. So what happened is I spilled some grape soda on my shirt when I was at my guitar lessons, and then when I came back in, I threw my shirt in the laundry on the way out. Uh-huh. I see, I see. Um, and what unit do you live in again? Uh, 14B. 14B. Okay, okay. Well, uh, go about your business, but, uh, as best you can, try not to do any traveling. We may need to question you again. And he puts the notebook away and walks back out the front door. Okay, I, I, I keep going. I walk up to my apartment. Now, when Ernest gave you the book, did you put it anywhere? Uh, no, I didn't assume it was anything valuable, so I just like set it on the counter. It was just like sitting on the table. Luckily, the book is still there, so... You can grab that and then whatever else you had planned to grab from from the apartment. Yeah, so I grab the book and I grab um, a shirt and then I make a quick sandwich with extra food lube. <sighs> it's a ham, okay. turkey, bacon, mayonnaise sandwich. Does he have his bacon pre-cooked or is he, does he have to sit there and cook his bacon? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. 
Uh, no, he just he just takes cold bacon. He just stacks it up. He's just hungry. Cold, He's hungry. uncooked bacon. Raw bacon. <laughs> yeah, cold. Well, no, no, no. Or raw. It's it's cooked bacon from like the day before. Red, just to pivot to you really quick, so I don't forget anything. Are you you're just so you're just getting clothes? There's nothing else that you've you're yeah putting my clothes on and probably just like checking out my apartment, my window, the locks on my door to like see if anybody's been in here. Just being a little paranoid. Uh, roll investigation. I have a minus one to that, so let's see how we do. Survey says? Hey, 15. Okay, so it does look like somebody's been in here. Oh, shit. You can see that some of your clothes have been rifled through, and it looks like uh, some drawers in your kitchen have been opened. Oh, shit. I think in response to that, that I am going to hustle over to Kitty's apartment. Okay, well, Kitty has just made quite an effort to lock the apartment, so what are you... I'm knocking. Um, uh, how can I help you? Hello? It's me. It's me. Let me in. She'll slide, unlock, unlock, pull the thing out, and then just grab Red... Is he wearing a shirt now? Yes. Great. Pull Red in by the shirt and then slam the door behind him. Well, not slam. Shut it quickly, but not with sound. <laughs> and then relock everything. I got I got bad news. What? People people have been in my apartment. Um. Yeah. They, they might have been in this apartment well, too. We might have to change our plan. I mean, let's check. They didn't. They didn't take the box. Um. She'll investigate to see if. Uh, people were in her apartment because she didn't check that earlier. Okay, go go ahead and roll for that. Okay, the 12. 12 plus something. Investigation. Oh, I have plus six in that because I'm an investigator. Uh, so 18. It does look like somebody has also gone through your stuff. Uh, is my notebook still there? Your notebook is still there. Um, your notebook is still there, and it looks like kind of the same story with Red. Somebody's been through your the your dresser, like your clothing, um, and somebody's been through the drawers of your kitchen. So, like, they've been looking at our stuff, but then leaving it there so that we don't know that they've been looking at our stuff? Or maybe they didn't find what they were looking for. Much like Bono, they still haven't found what they're looking for. Still so. haven't found what they're looking for. I'll I'll show Red the box. I'm like, they didn't get this, but I don't know what it is. Um, and it's not connected to anything. Um But I, I don't I haven't seen Herman yet. Uh I hope I mean I was planning to try to go to sleep. I have I have to go to, we have to pretend like nothing's wrong. If we keep pretending like something's wrong, that's going to draw suspicion onto us. I think we already have suspicion. If they've been going through our rooms, then they know we haven't been here. But they might have also searched everyone's apartment, even if they were here. But they know that we weren't here, which seems seems bad. Well, we could have been partying. Maybe they think we're together. Maybe, maybe the two of us were out on the town doing things that couples do when they're out on a town. Uh... Red just looks... A little bewildered and scared of that idea. <laughs> if someone asks, 
why we weren't in our apartments, the two of us, we can just say we are a couple and we were out doing things that couples do. I don't know. I don't date people. And Herman makes a thruple. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast just got sexy. (laughs) Herman, to jump to you really quick. So you went and got the book. Are you making a similar check? Are you opening the book? Are you just taking it and getting out after your sandwich? I was just going to take the book and get out, yeah. And then I'll, I'll go back to Kitty's place and knock on the door. Are you going to put a shirt on? I did put a shirt on. <laughs> okay. I just heard you eat a sandwich and grab a book. I didn't hear you put a shirt. Got a sweet Leonard Skinner t-shirt. Dear God. <laughs> okay, well. And his name is Leonard. L-E-O-N-A-R-D. No, no it would be Leonin Skinner. Sweet home Bastalone. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, so you have rejoined rejoined the other two in Kitty's apartment. Um, Trouble, let's pan back to you real quick. Are you by... I almost said Leonard. Um, Are you by (laughs) Leonard Skinner? Yep. I'm always by Leonard Skinner. Dear God, well, nobody wins there. Are you by Ernest or are you at the bar? I am. So I have posted up next to him kind of uh, while he's sleeping. I'm just kind of sitting in the chair next to him, feet propped up on his bed. Um, and then Bass has kind of curled up next to Ernest on his bed and is just kind of purring and sitting there watching him, watching over Ernest. So Bass is kind of keeping watch for the two of us. But I'm assuming since we're in Beelzebuts that we're fairly safe from like the tears and stuff like that. So I'm kind of letting my guard down just a bit. So you notice that Ernest is starting to wake up. Um, he's kind of stirring and mumbling. So I'm gonna, when he, once I see that his eyes are kind of starting to open, I'm gonna look at him and say, what do you remember? I, I, I rem, I remember a great crash and then I went in and, and Mabel was on the floor, but where, where is Mabel? Let's not worry about that right now. Let's get you better first. Where is Mabel? And he's looking like more visibly agitated. He's kind of like looking around. I tried to save her, but she was already gone. We brought you here for safekeeping. I see, I see. And uh, where are... Is it just you? There are, the... there are others. Herman, the maintenance guy. The cat woman. I don't really know her name. And then Red. They are back at the apartment going to get our stuff. We didn't think it best to go back. As soon as you say Herman, his eyes like light up a little bit. But as soon as you say your stuff, he looks a little bit scared. And he's like, oh, oh dear. Um, there's no way to get a hold of them, is there? Actually, there is. And... I can give them a call any time. In fact, I should go let them know that you are awake now. They will make their way back here. You should tell them that they that they must get, they must find the red lacquered box. I think I think Kitty has it, and uh, you must find the uh, the purple book that uh, that I gave to Herman. And as much as possible, you must keep them out of the hands of the people who came for me tonight. Do you know if these people will continue looking for us, 
or are we safe for now? They'll keep looking. They'll keep looking for as long as it takes. Are they looking for you or are they looking for us now? They're looking for the book and the box. Very well. I will go let my comrades know. As you're about to do this, he like grabs your arm and looks up at you and in, like directly into your eyes. He's like, when you call them, tell them under no circumstances should they open that box. The box contains something that is quite magical and they'll know if you open it. Uh-oh. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Dial M for Magic. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'll have another one coming at you on August 5th, keeping up with our two-week schedule. Our cast today was Jordan Fugit as Treble, Nathan Pierce was Herman Cranberry, Dan Rogland was Red, Bobby K. Kuffner was Katie Bradley, and our DM was Henry Rogland. Our intro and outro music was done by Alex Hills, and all of our artwork was done by Ashley meissner Tarrant. If you like what we're doing and you want to give us a follow on Twitter at m for magiccast or on Instagram at dial underscore m underscore podcast. If you really like what we've been doing and you'd like to be a part of our universe in a small way, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we're going to go ahead and let you name a person, a place, or an item, anything that you'd like in our universe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. In the meantime, we look forward to seeing you on August 5th. Well, I'll recite some poetry while we're waiting. Um, Twas a balmy summer's evening, and a goodly crowd was there. A bunch of the boys were whooping it up at the Malamute Saloon. Um, some Shell Silverstein could be good. Please read some Shell Silverstein! Let's see, I had to do it for, for the second grade talent show. So, um, spaghetti, spaghetti all over the place. Up to my elbows, up to my face. Into the carpet and under the chairs. Something or other and round, wound round the stairs. Filling the carpet and covering the desk. Making the surface a mad mushy mess. My party is ruined, I'm terribly worried. My guests have all left unless they're all buried. I told them bring presents, I said throw confetti, but I guess they heard wrong, because they all threw spaghetti. Did you? That was Spaghetti by Shel Silverstein. Did you do that from memory? I did. I did. I've had that memorized since second grade, and I only flubbed one, one line, or part of one line, so...